everybody. Welcome to episode 51 of Tactical Crouch, your favorite competitive Overwatch podcast, we promise. Um, <laughs> please. Uh, I'm Kick Tripod, of course, joined by Yiska and Volamel. Emotional week in the Overwatch League, I would say. Lots going on. Lots of winners, lots of losers, favorite teams. Going head to head, seeing matchups we didn't expect to see until much later in the uh, playoff bracket. But uh, overall, really fun uh, week, I would say. Fun, fun week for Overwatch. As Joe, totally. as Joe Yon, Yon's still waking up, man. I love it. Still waking up. It's four in the afternoon. It's just I've only been up for up. four hours. I got you know. I'm a I'm a slow riser. Leave me alone. All right. <laughs> We'll leave that one alone. Yiska, how's it going with you, man? What have you been up to? Mm, pretty good. Just enjoying a mini vacation until I make any decisions uh, for future writing sports or if I even want to continue doing it and whatnot. Mm. Hitting hard. Failure. If you decide not to, will you just like unload all your leaks on us in like one episode? <laughs> we'll the, the, the Yiska leak episode. Like, here's everything I knew that I couldn't tell you. No, that that uh, that has a trig on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, integrity, am I right? Uh, yeah. Burn all the bridges. Set fire to the world. Might as well make an explosion on your way out. Exactly. But also, please don't go. <laughs> Stay in yeah, Overwatch forever. Let's just make videos and podcasts and things forever. That's what we'll do. Yeah. I mean, that, that isn't a question. It's mostly about the uh, reporting and the content creation side because there's plenty of reason that disincentivizes uh, and fewer and fewer good reasons to continue. But we'll see. All right. What a sobering note to begin on. <laughs> I mean, it's reality. It is. You know, it's it's tough. Content creation is not uh, not lucrative for the majority of people. So it's you, you really gotta gotta have that passion, as they say. It's it's not only that. It's also it it's not only about the economic bottom line. It's also about the satisfaction or the rewarding feeling. Sure, yeah, you get definitely. And that certainly also, yeah. You uh you had a really interesting tweet this week about um like the most viewed content. Um talking about like novel stories and what was it? Leaks being the top one and two. Yeah, leaks is pretty much the first one. Drama, like if I felt I was to make a effort put in and views come out, drama is easily the best. Oh because yeah. Reporting takes so much time in many ways, and also just a probability game. Um, but drama is so easy to monetize, and um, I would like I wouldn't be mad if people even accused me of dabbling into that once or twice with opinion pieces. Um, didn't feel satisfying to me, so yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, let's uh, before we get started, because I think we're going to start on kind of a sad note anyway. Uh, 
Normally we record live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Make sure to tune in there. Today we're coming a little bit later. Um, had to watch that Apple keynote this morning. Nothing super exciting, but the new midnight green color iPhone is all mine. It's pretty midnight it's a, green. Midnight green. It's 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 a sick color. It's like a I don't know how to describe it. It's like midnight green. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Right. It's, it's not bad. Right. It's kind of cool. Different. Yeah. I like it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I like it. Nice alternate color for the guys, or quote unquote, the guys. They normally always have like the rose gold, which a lot of guys aren't confident enough to wear. Let's just be real. But <laughs> uh, something for the guys there besides space gray, which is kind of nice. Um, I'm really, really excited to try it out. Uh, that's all we'll talk about Apple though today. Um, Patreon as well. Big thanks to our patron producers, Battle Crab Made and Peter Y. Thank you so much for your incredible support of the show. We really do appreciate it. If you want to support the show, there's two great ways to do that. First is subscribe to us on Twitch. It's September. So you get half price, uh, subs and gifted subs. So instead of $5, it's 250 for a tier one sub, which is great. And the cool thing is, is that's about how much, uh, they, that's how much Twitch normally takes anyway. So the full price you're giving is actually going straight to the creator, essentially. So oh, they don't like cut it in half again. No, They're like, no. Oh, 250 subs. How about no Twitch just takes cents. away their cut, their cut. Yeah. Oh, Twitch okay. just takes away the cut. So that's great. So it's a great yeah. time to sub. If you're sitting on a sub prime sub, whatever, you're just like, you know what? I can do this for one month. We've got some emotes there. And of course, our Patreon as well. With either our subs or our patrons, you get access to a Discord-only Crouchers role where you do game nights where you'll uh, for sure get a slot in those. Those have been really fun. Last time we did a, a, a little watch party because it was the play-in. So we decided, you know what, let's do a watch party together. And so just kind of having that game night community atmosphere was really fun and really cool. So patreon.com slash tacticalcrouch or twitch.tv slash kicktripod. Best ways to support. Let's go into the news. Which one of you uh, brought up Toby and Jayhong's tears? Who put that one in the notes? Uh, I did. Okay, explain it to me. Paint me a word picture. Okay, so what basically happened was after uh, Soldanski was um, basically t- thrown out of the tournament by, uh, in the, after the match, almost, uh, would you say immediately, Joe? At least in, um, with a, I wouldn't say immediately. I think it was pretty, pretty short after it wasn't like a, you know, stick a camera in their face quickly, you know, milk them for all that they have. It was, you know, they, they had, they had some time to pack up their stuff, you know, go, go to the room and, you know, somebody came out to, to, you know, represent the team and, and losers interview. Yeah. And, um, Basically, what happened after in the uh, post-game interview was that um, t- first, mostly Jay Hong, but then later also Toby were interviewed by uh, Danny, and um, they were obviously very upset. Uh, there were a couple of tears there. Um, and, yes, and um, yeah, it was overall a pretty emotional moment, and. As far as news goes, I, f- I feel like there's something... Usually I don't dabble in social commentary, and I also don't want to get into the Twitter drama, uh, really. What I found interesting was the pushback against um, it in general, 
because <clears throat> okay so from my point of view right mm -hmm. there's a bunch of sad boys out there right there's a bunch of let's say probably starting from 16 hopefully ending in their mid-20s but potentially later people that in the current social climate especially in in uh the west i would say but more so in america that i would say and i th okay let me preface this this is a framing issue don't put every word i say here on a on a silver spoon in the sense that i could easily screw this up while not writing but just saying it right so give me some leeway uh if you're listening to this now but there is this problem of 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 course there haven't been problems with masculinity in the past i personally like m both of my grandparents for instance were war survivors definitely was uh, reflected in their behavior towards mm -hmm. their families especially towards their wives and therefore also still trickling down a problem of what masculinity means and now as we're into getting into a new era um definitely like trying our best to equalize the playing field we still have to figure out a new way for masculinity i think and for me to see someone that is on top of their profession that is giving everything that they got and go as hard as humanly imaginable to top perform and to also not let their fans down to see them express an emotion is a part that should make up our new uh, conceptualization of what masculinity is and to have that displayed to people within the sad boys group if you want is insanely valuable to me I think that displays a range of behavior, not only the, the heartfelt pursuit of whatever you really like to do, but also to see the defeat and what that does to people. We are playing a video game, and if you play video games on ABC or whatever, and if it gets on SportsCenter or whatnot, comments all over the internet are, oh, this, this isn't real, this doesn't feel real to me. What is real and what we got to demonstrate to people is that emotions are real. And as long as people consent to having those um, emotions broadcasted, and I also think you can expect veterans like Toby and like Jay Hong to have the ability to make that judgment call, even in that troubling moment, because they've been around for a while and they also already these uh, folk that are more well-known have have gone through the entire process i i find very little uh, troubling with that and i actually think it really not only adds to the product of the overwatch league but dude if we want to make the overwatch league mainstream right we gotta do it by transporting sports is more than entertainment sports is also creating idols for young kids to aspire to and to showcase the entire breadth of emotion and what it takes is of the utmost importance to me that is my primary goal in, in esports creation and pretty much the only thing that keeps me going and i thought it was amazing that they were uh willing to showcase that i will say 
I don't want to roast him here. I think we've seen these emotional situations in the past, but maybe more experienced interviewers would have handled this a little bit differently, would have taken the, given them a little bit of time. At the same time, you have to consider the, like the relationship that these two have and where it's more like, you know, they're probably the same age and whatnot, and you don't want to, you know, sh shield them or whatever from, like, you, you trust them to be able to get something out. I think it could have been handled a little bit better in that regard, but it wasn't a problem for me. So I, I want to back up for a second because I actually missed, I, I had friends and family in town this whole weekend, so I had to basically catch games and I'm fast forwarding through things. So I never even saw this. I wasn't on social media this week. So my understanding was, is that uh, both Toby and Jay Hung were very emotional during the post-match interview. Correct. Mm -hmm. we, we go for yes. We can say they cried on camera. Yeah. And there's people who have a, had a problem with that. <sighs> yes. But probably from a from a good place, I would say. I yeah. think from a place of wanting to protect them, um, because one of the things was that also, for instance, San Francisco Shock apparently said that uh, they thought it was a bad idea to interview uh, losers, which is a compassionate take. I think. I think both of those um, those parties, almost I want to say come from a good place. And I think you can reasonably argue both of them. The fact that Jay Hong and Toby are veterans and are mature enough, and there's always a, we, we will always have, especially in American politics, um, a discussion of agency. But I think they were, they, you can trust them to make that judgment call in that moment. Mm -hmm. Got it. So this isn't, and, and sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm playing catch up, but I told you guys before the show, I'd have to play catch up on this part a little bit. So this, there, at first, when I first saw that there was Twitter drama about it, I had assumed that just a bunch of people were making fun of gamers for crying about video games. Like that's what I had assumed the other side was. So mm. that's not really a, a case. It's more like, no, hey, this isn't it. something that we want to see on a professional broadcast or something that isn't healthy, healthy for the players to be subject to when they're in that emotional state. It's exploitive or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's more from like that side of things. I think, yes. a, I think a lot of it was uh, from a place, like Iska said, of compassion and trying to, you know, make sure that uh, all of these players were, uh, you know, properly asked and and made sure that they you know had like like you said has had their agency and and it sounds like they did um i did see arguments for you know exploitative like oh couldn't you give them a second um i there was a lot of people kind of just arguing well i don't want to see this which was weird um yeah, it, it was. It, there was a mixed bag. It was just like, well, this is this makes me feel a way. I don't. I don't like this. They didn't really have much of a leg to stand on. Maybe I'm prescribing uh, an argument for them, but I, I saw a lot of pushback without a lot of reasoning why. And then that's kind of where my brain goes immediately. But yeah, it, it was very strange to see. Very strange. I, I think maybe initially also the idea was that they were forced a little bit into yeah, like, these like you said uh, positions you have to make sure that these players are, are willing to do that because yeah then it is very exploitative where it's like well no you you signed your contract so now you have to you know let me milk your tears from you it's like well 
you know have a little bit of compassion but from everything that's come out from all of the 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 absolute forest fire that was my timeline this week it does sound like everybody is asked and if they want to participate they can and i think that doubles down on what you were saying to have to, to be able to put on a brave face um and and kind of uh, bottle up your guilt for a moment to come out and say look oh, we're sorry you know we, we tried our best and uh, it wasn't good enough it just wasn't good enough today and you know we apologize and, and, and it, that's that i guess that was probably a little bit harder for me it was just like these guys were like groveling it was bad like it was mm. that, that was there was not a dry eye in that house i'll tell you what yeah yeah that's and at least to me what jayong said felt a little bit thankfully it's not the case now that what he said but he clarified but it felt a little bit like a retirement interview yeah that's that's that was the i think that was the the general tone around it. it was like i don't think you go out like that make a statement like that and then not have like a big career change whether it's moving away from playing this that the other thing but that was that was serious that was like i i am i i'm not gonna lie when i was watching that i kind of was waiting for it i'm like oh this is this is where it ends this is he's going to announce publicly that he he's gonna retire and i mean he didn't but wow that was i mean again that that's not going anywhere that's that's a that's a very powerful moment and i that that's beautiful i i I can't say anything else but just brave courageous beautiful like that's that's the shit that i want to see not 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 in a and again not exploitative but that 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 means something to someone somewhere that this this whole all of these stupid pixels and resolutions and mice and keyboards all this nonsense actually means something to somebody like that's pretty cool to see yeah, yeah, it I also mean, makes me wonder, you know, the people who are adamantly against, like, these guys shouldn't be crying, they're professionals or whatever, like, sounds to me like those people haven't been passionate, really passionate about anything in their entire life. And that's well, yeah. what kind of gets me, like, I couldn't imagine, I'm an emotional guy as it is, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. be totally honest, I'm a very emotional guy. Same uh, here. So, we're just, you know. Like, I love it. I, and I, I, we want to see the raw sides of esports. And that's kind of part of that entire journey. We want to see real, authentic feelings and emotions. But we don't want a reality TV show either. No, of course. Um, yes. And so, like, and I think that's the, the, the balance, right? Is how do you get the right amount of emotion and insight? You know, how many times have we done an interview on here or have uh, you listened to another overwatch competitive overwatch interview and it's super flat and boring and whatever there's we've, we've had some, we, I would say we've had amazing guests on the show. We haven't always had the most amazing questions and it's always constantly finding that how do we really like dive in and, and talk to this person without also being like, what makes you cry at night? And just like expect them to like answer that yeah. for us. Yeah. Know? So I'm all for it. I I probably need to go back and watch like the whole end of the broadcast so I can get a more a more idea of like the sentiment of how the broadcast flows through that as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Like to me, it just sounds like I don't know. I I, I appreciate. I'm, I'm sure I appreciate. I'm sure I would appreciate the quote unquote other side who's like this shouldn't have been broadcast shouldn't have been went on too long like that's not 
they're there to play and not to give interviews crying or whatever kind of thing. I, I like, will say that majority of the pushback was like couldn't we have given them a moment? Couldn't we have done yeah. this during a press conference? Couldn't we have done this later where they weren't so emotional? Which I, I, I don't think it's our place to say when and where a player can't talk. Now, if it was the case that the league was like, no, you have to talk now. Yeah, I would have a little bit more of a problem with it. But yes, that's that would be a huge yeah, threat. That would be a problem. But it yeah. doesn't sound like it was from what you know, some some experts very close mm-hmm. to the league have said publicly with that now in mind, I would like to see maybe where people stand on this now. If it you know, if it really is a player's choice to go out there and, you know, battle through emotions to kind of apologize for a bad showing, then is that a problem? I don't th- I, I, I really find it hard to believe that people would find that a problem. I think a lot of their gripes were. Okay, is this exploitative? I don't this is this is bad. I don't like this. Like we should protect them. They're players, like they don't know any better. But that's not always the case. And it's not the player's fault either, but it's it, I, I I can understand where that was coming from, but it's also very valuable. So like can, I don't know. Can I tangent on that for a second and just say I also one thing that I think esports really needs to grow up in is I'm really mm-hmm. sick of esports players going on Twitter after a loss and apologizing for it. I'm so over it. I'm so done. Like you don't need to do that. That's does nothing. Like there's a reason why when you look at any sports account outside of like really big ones, like we lost the Super Bowl, but like you lose a game on a Tuesday night or whatever, a Thursday night and come in and be like, sorry, I played like crap. Uh, I won't let I, you down I, next time. I wonder why. Mm. That's different. I, I wonder if it's because esports is so fragile, not in the emotional sense, but just how how volatile it is. Like you could be here for this season and gone the next. So do they put more weight into every single moment, every single game, whereas in football or in baseball or traditional sports in general? Are they a little bit more secure? Do they have a little bit more job security in that sense where, you know, it, it obviously every game means a lot to each competitor that's, you know, at the at the heart of competition. But do you think esports like because it is so here today, gone tomorrow, that mm-hmm. players are more willing to to be, I don't know, scared of, of that security just being ripped out from under them? I think what it actually like, maybe that's part of it, but I think what's actually the case is in sports, you feel bad if you play bad towards your teammates and your coaching staff. In esports, because you're so much closer with your fans, you also feel bad towards your fans. Yeah, that's true. Because you you interact with them and you see them um, putting a lot of emotional um, like energy into that. And in sports, it's just a wall of people that is very easy to almost objectify, right? Like, mm-hmm. say, okay, this is the crowd, and you don't have to care about the individual person. But then if you're on stream and you're talking to these individual people, and, I mean, it's a sad reality also of the, the normal donation being, oh, yeah, you, your stream, your play brought me through so much tough times and whatnot that the emotional connection to these fans probably is different, even though we're on virtual grounds, not real grounds. And um, I think the they feel more in debt 
to their viewers mm. that mm. help them uh, stay there. I'll admit that my perspective may be anecdotal in the sense that I only have like three pro players that like I would consider friends and could text up right now and be like, mm. how do you feel about tweeting? Sorry when you lose. Um, but I am close friends with Trevor may pitcher for the twins. He, and he's, he is about as into the streaming video game fan culture of esports that a, any professional athlete is. There's probably nobody yep. else in the world who has, such a close tie between the two where it's almost like they, they probably have just as big of a, a fan base and footprint in esports and gaming as they do in professional sports, but they don't, you, you don't see Trevor going on and apologizing and he's really close to his fans. If you go watch his you know stuff, Hey Trevor, what happened when you, you know, gave up a save or whatever he deflects it. He goes, you know, that happens as part of competition. I'm going to win a lot of games, going to lose a lot of games and we're, and go on, we're gonna play Fortnite now. And I just like I, I don't think it's number one, I don't think it's healthy for the players. No, I apologize agree. I don't for wins think and it's losses. healthy either. Number two, I don't think that whoever is in you know marketing PR, because there there is some ownership about what can be put on these players' accounts, uh, sure. social media accounts once they're in Overwatch League and signed to contracts. I don't have the specifics of that. But we've seen multiple times players mm -hmm. take things down, get fined for things that they've said on social media. Yep. Um, the fact that there isn't somebody like there, like all that kind of pressure and apologizing, that should be delegated, honestly, to, to PR and coaches 100% of the time. That's a big part of why they're there. Sure, if in a post-match interview, in a press room, if they want to go, hey, I want to apologize for my fans. I didn't play my best tonight. I think that was part of why we lost. Sure, but like this whole like I'm reaching out to apologize to you on Twitter thing is I just it reeks of like just immaturity to me. And so well, I, I mean I would love to see it stop. I think that's true though. I think that's completely true. You're taking a bunch of eighteen to twenty year olds that have very little life experience, have no and this isn't for everybody. Um, this is I'm, I'm painting very broad strokes here, but you're taking 18 to 20 year olds who are good at a video game, paying them a bunch of money, giving them just a, a lifestyle flip of success con and comparing them to someone in traditional sports who has gone through very structured systems comparatively. Right. I'm sure, you know, baseball and anything traditional has its problems as well but you go through you might start very young maybe you start in high school but you play through high school you have you immediately are exposed to coaches exposed to mentors you go into college you you same thing there you you go up through these systems where you have role models and people before you that you can kind of take notes from and a lot of these kids just don't have that because this is I wouldn't say new because you can compare it to traditional sports, but they're they're they are immature. They are brand new to this space. So they I don't I, I really don't they, blame them. They are. But at the same time, this is one of those things that I feel is very easy to correct and go. This is the new direction. You're not allowed to go apologize for your performance on Twitter. All right, guys, go. You're done. Like, just stop. It's one thing to be like, hey, how do you handle emotions in an interview and how like that's something that 
Sure. But I think this is I think this is very similar. I think this is handling them. They don't know what to do with these emotions. They feel bad because they're so connected to the fans. So they have to go, you know what, guys, I'm sorry. Like it's it's like one of those things that just releases emotion. But how else do you channel those emotions? They have to learn how to do that first. Just saying don't tweet doesn't solve any problems. They still have those emotions that they're trying to. It does solve problems. It solves external problems, maybe not internal problems. Sure. But I think that's I think that's where you need to start. I think you have to start at the baseline i don't i don't agree i think you can be like hey let's mitigate out here and then let's talk through how to work through in here tactical crouch psychology podcast are you guys ready for this one (laughs) just that that, that's just like there's you know there's just some base it's kind of like saying i don't i don't know i I can't think up of an analogy on a spot but there's these are very basic mechanical restrictions in place that I think there's already restrictions in how they can go about doing certain things and saying certain things. I think that this should be a part of that. I, I, again, I don't disagree, but I think you have to start with, like you said, psychology. I think they have, a lot of these players do have a problem and they feel guilty. Um, I think it would be, at least me personally, I would start with that feeling and trying to help them manage that better rather than just putting a bandaid on it and just saying, we're just going to do this. I don't think it's one or the other, but I do think it is. I would agree. If I make, so if I make a mistake, let's say, let's say it's against my contract to post on Twitter afterwards, but Mm -hmm. I, but I do it. You know, I come to you as your coach and say, okay, Hey, it's time to take that down. Now let's talk. Like, what, what do you need? Like, where, who do we need to talk to about, you know, giving you that outlet to do? Because social media is not a place to outlet your apologies. 99% of the time, I would say, if not 100% of the time. It's just not the okay thing. And that's, that's why these teams have PR departments and marketing and coaches, public-facing uh, uh, figures, why they have post-game press conferences is there's controlled environments with in which players and teams can communicate with their audiences. And it's one thing to limit social media in the sense of, like, you can't post to social media about anything Overwatch. Um, I think that that's too restrictive, but there's uh, clearly rules and regulations and... Uh, Status quo has been set for that. And I think esports lags behind it a lot. I would agree. Uh, I, I, I think I think we agree for the most part. It's just where we would fix the problem. It sounds like we're just slightly in disagreement. So. Which neither yeah. of us are in a position Again, to do anyway. Yeah. So it's like maybe it would maybe it is different by the team or the player that you're coaching. For sure. What <laughs> what is an interesting observation though, though? Because let's be honest. I don't know if teams can be convinced to say, oh, yeah, your players feel better then. Um, unless you can demonstrate that it also makes them better players. And there is one person, I think her name is Mia Stelberg. She's a, the Astralis lady. Yes. She's a, a sports psychologist, had some Olympians before. Then she coached Astralis, which basically brought about like this, ama- like they were tilters in the past. Especially now, potentially the best player in CSGO history, Device. Like, he is now a rock of a performer. He will, he's a robot. 
nothing phases him anymore other than lifting a trophy that breaks. But they, she has worked with Astralis. She has recently worked with Ensha, who also had an explosion in a performance. Mm-hmm. And, okay, this will blow your mind, she also worked with the winner of TI, um, Dota 2 tournament um, OG. So, like, that's, that's three teams. Uh, of course, like, you can, can say maybe she works with every team in those esports and only those three pop. Sure. Fair enough. I don't think that's the case. I think most of the teams that she... Uh, she works for Pops. So there is definitely an aspect also of performance and player well-being directly translating to what you want as a team. So investing in qualified personnel there definitely, especially now that we're traveling so much, Yep. in my That's opinion, is a must have. Uh, it's yeah. only going to get worse. If you think it's bad now, it's going to get a whole lot worse when you've got yes. tired, cranky teens. I would say the thing that scares me most about future seasons of Overwatch League is just players' mental health, which with the way that it's been treated on many, on just on the league level as well as many of the individual franchise levels. So, yep. all about it. Anyways, I think we put this one. I think I think we went a little far. Normally, we don't go this long on something like that, but you know what? We're uh, we're doing okay. We'll go long if we have to. Let's talk about last week's games, shall we? So last week's games after, uh, so first week of playoffs, right? Rain, Spark, Gladiator, Shock, NYXL, and Titans Advance. Uh, I, I don't think any surprises about the teams that are advancing. So the two that got knocked out were London and um, Seoul, right? I, I would say those are pretty surprising at least from play-ins we i think there is a very out outspoken set of people who i i I tend to agree with how they phrase things but that came out and said you know the the teams that are going to come out from play-ins are going to be you know going to do well at least one of them um now both teams from the play-ins if i remember correctly are gone correct yes yes (laughs) Yeah, Seoul and London, they were seventh and eighth seed. So both is, out. Is, I I am not willing to say that that's not what 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 those people were saying was untrue. It seems like Seoul looked very good. Did they adapt accordingly to the chain? The slight changes in the meta game doesn't look like it. But I think they had a massive underperformance versus Spark. Um. London, I don't even know if you want to get into that. Um, uh, a stark uh, absence of a certain player, um, I think, spelled disaster for them going into yeah, the quarterfinals. The yeah, it's it, it's not everything that you've worked, all the synergies, all the timings that you've subconsciously built up with with your team are now drawn into question because you've just had to put in a new player. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty shocking to see, no pun intended, but um, again, I, I wouldn't say that any of these are random. I think, like, like we were talking about in the pre-show, a lot of it is just figuring out where we put these teams, how good we think certain teams are, how quickly teams are adapting to the changing metagame. Um, it feels random because it's completely different, but if you go into new patches and kind of soft readjust uh i I think it's not super random i think it 
again, if you even look at, you know, not not to go ahead, but if you look at San Francisco, Atlanta, that's not all that crazy, especially from what Atlanta said publicly about going in, having an extra week of practice while they were playing through their last week of games. Shock. I mean, by by all rights, Shock should have won that match, right? They should have won. They didn't do to a a pretty strong error, but that should have gone Shock's way, right? So again, I, I don't I don't get the whole random narrative. What I will say is I was I mean, in hindsight it now makes sense that I think there was a post on Reddit also pointing it out that we are going to there's a good possibility that the final standings coming from the playoffs will resemble the ones being seeded uh in the after the regular season. So that Titans wins, then NYXL gets into the final with them, then Shock is third and whatnot, you know, like going down the list because pretty much that already is true for London and Seoul, right? Sure, sure. But I still think that is a massive random occurrence. I don't yeah, think... Yes, I would agree. Like, it, it, it really masks the issues. And that is an ongoing issue in... in Overwatch League, that problems will not adr- be addressed until randomly they aren't a problem. Uh, they aren't yeah. uh, uh, non-problematic anymore, right? It's, like the same could be said honestly about the Spitfire. With being honest, like last year, that the fact that they won the finals that makes <laughs> up for a many, lot of so many fences. Yeah, dude. I like. I even made a, a um a satire piece about b- that back then. You know all the wrist injury mm-hmm. nonsense. Like, if they don't win that final, I think they their chances of going further this year are much higher because oh, yeah. they don't hire, they don't re uh, resign everyone. And then another thing that triggered me off the planet in, in that series was um. Guard. That they didn't put um, profit on Doomfist. I don't know what the entire dude. Pro- uh, the the um, um, Doomfist role is by far the most impactful in the current meta, right? Do you want not want your carry player to be on that? I don't understand. Like th- this team needs to either nut up and get a sick second DPS that Profit can flex around, or just realize that they should rely on Profit as the main carry and have someone else flex around him. Because this is a, an absolute joke. People were arguing to me, well, uh, he didn't really perform. Come on, dude. Like, th- that's why I'm sad when we don't have stats. Because Profit was, like, had a five-man backpack on, for the most part, in, in that series. Like, um, <laughs> on May... Uh, he was outfragging uh, guard on Doom. It's it's a it's fucking comical. It's also uh, again like to to your point of you know it's a random occurrence that things seem to be evening out um, the same way that the regular season standings have been. Um, I think that's an testament to where we are in like the macro meta game, where Overwatch is becoming more and more team oriented we started with goats incredibly teamwork oriented 
this meta, whatever we're going to call it, still very teamwork oriented. A lot of double double ability combos, not a ton of just, you know, wide Widowmaker angles and getting picks. No pine spider spider people plays, right? This is a very teamwork oriented game, and I think teams are really getting comfortable with that. And you're starting to see teams that have built for teamwork succeed. It's no there. There is no question to see Titans in the winners final, even with you know subbing in new players. They still have they, they still have that fundamental teamwork in place. It, there there should be no this. Why is that? Why is it weird that we're seeing Titans in the final? New York, I think that's a little bit different. I don't even know if we're going to see shock. Like, I, that's not a guarantee, right? Teams are trending that way, and it just so happens that we haven't had a ton of individual metas, right, throughout the season and even in the playoffs. Going into what ends up happening, uh, I'm not going to lie. What you just kind of absent brain brain fire i don't even know where i was going with that <laughs> it's all right I, I, let, let me yeah sorry. go ahead um just to jump in on the nyxl thing yeah right? there is a super cool narrative where you could cut that together where if you guys remember back to the to the press conference after they were out last year of playoffs yeah sebi Olby said this loss is the most important lesson of this season or something something like this. Yeah. like this this thing will help us the most and it's hard to argue with him now right like even in hindsight right yes they they weren't amazing over the entire season but they are now here when it matters Definitely. are they not they, they so like maybe they learned something about pacing they also didn't really have to try that hard in their division, to be fair. Um, Are you they, already bringing out the sandbags? I mean, you, you don't like sandbagging. Just, the thing is, you can only it's, it's such a problematic argument, because like if you go 100 percent at all times, then your performance will still be worse over the season because you burn yourself out and will drop over under your theoretical 100 percent for sure so i think running 90 percent the entire time is probably in aggregate a better um, approach to it especially if you were playing in that division so um now that it matters and they're coming out i think we all discarded new york it's also possibly pretty fortunate that they have the best Sigma as it looks to be um, on their team. So maybe there's some luck involved. But you think Mecha's the like best Sigma? Let's, let's, let's stop there. You think Mecha's the best Sigma? I don't yeah, think he's think bad. So. Don't, get, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, um, think so. I, 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 I don't know. I'd have, to, I'd have to look at Gator. I know everybody's... That's the Gator train right now. So I don't know. I think, I think John is quite good. I think Gator is, it has to be good. No, you know, everybody... He's, he's probably good enough to be within the discussion. I didn't think Mecha was all that bad, so it's it'll it'll be interesting to see who kind of goes ahead from that and uh, really really grasp that because it seems to be a very very divisive topic. I would say a lot of people uh, on are the Gator, a lot of people listen to that. Yeah, on the topic of Gator, I think I have to apologize almost for That's when we talked about true. that because I think I was way too harsh in my language. Um, I didn't go back and um, 
and look at the direct quote what i said someone quoted me on twitter though yeah. it was in the spongebob lowercase uppercase lowercase uppercase uh Gator is bad i think as like this person said i said tra gator is trash bro if i actually d said that uh, i'm not sure if i did don't want to discard that i might have but um yeah definitely an apology in that regard though i will say like it was very hard to anticipate that performance oh, 100%. on 100% uh, on that hero and there's certainly also something to be said about people that just pick up heroes quicker than others and who else would it be than someone that invented goats yeah. sort of like so um it makes perfect sense in hindsight in hindsight now, yeah that gator um is an outstanding uh player it's also who else really on on atlanta would have picked I mean, that up you because got FRD just sitting there, I don't know. I mean, Daco, kit's done, dude. Um, <laughs> FRD is was very good on Roadhog. I don't know if he uh, if he if that would necessarily translate. Mm -hmm. It's also the case that he wasn't sitting out and had time to practice it while everyone was playing Stage Four. So that that seemed to be, by the way, something. I think the uh, is that a pattern? I think so. That the better Sigmas also had more time to adapt to these because they had adequate uh, replacements in their squad that could pick up the slack. Or alternatively, they didn't have to try so hard because last stage was already they already clinched playoffs or had their slots. You know, yeah, exactly. You can, you can you can choose to invest time into that. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we should probably just talk about those teams in general. So I think, you know, we would, we expected shock NYXL and Titans. I think, uh, NYXL being the biggest question mark, can they show up in playoffs and perform? They haven't in the past. It's been a long time. They clearly did four, one over London and then four, two over Atlanta rain, who we were just talking about as looking really great. We kind of under, uh, valued them specifically some specific players like Gator in their ability to do that. And, you know, the Atlanta rain, they beat the shock four to three, albeit a four to three against the shock. I think you could narrow it down to two fights, right? It, it could have been easily four to two in favor of shock and with just two fight differences. So it was a razor's edge, but whatever they won, they deserve to have being said they, they won. They go and then play um, NYXL, and it didn't look as close, I guess is what we'll say there for, yeah. uh, for the rain. So uh, is NYXL just looking really decisive in this playoffs, or are, did rain outperform themselves in the quarterfinals? And then settle back into their own, and you know, and and London, you know, did London things. I think you kind of bring up a, a point that I didn't really consider. I think I think you're you're kind of. I think it's a mixture of both, right? I think that's my answer. Um, I think Shock came into this not really well equipped. They really don't know how. I wouldn't say don't know how to play this meta, but they're very like bare bones there's no really style their fundamentals really aren't that great and i think we're all still trying to figure out what even are the fundamentals of this meta um but yeah they they came in pretty underprepared against a rain that again 
was public in saying that they've put a ton of preparation to this metagame. Um, still drew them very close, which is a great sign for Shock fans going into the future. Um, now they have plenty of time to, to get a good bearing on what they want to do. Um, they've got all the scrim footage in the world, like very live uh, film to, to study. But I think Shock came into this. They didn't weren't very prepared. Atlanta beats them. Great. That's a big upset for a lot of people. I think for most people, that's a huge upset. They go against New York. Being able to beat Shock is a, a win in and of itself, but in in such a way that it kind of instills some faith that they they're they're kind of adapted to the meta. I think people overlook New York for the same reason that you mentioned. Like they played against London. Our London is good as everybody's saying. Doesn't look like it. So I, I kind of you know, bias here a little bit because I that's how I was thinking about these games going into rain. And I'm like, I see Atlanta taking this. They're they're more prepared. This that the other thing in New York, uh, they they, I, it was a good game. I think Atlanta was prepared for a lot of the shenanigans that New York was going to pull out with the Bastion and even throwing in a little bit of uh, Ash, but. Yeah, I think that New York has a fuller game, if that makes sense. They're they're willing to play the Bastion stuff. They seem very comfortable on it. They're they're also very well equipped to deal with anti-Bastion, this, that, the other thing. Um, yeah, just well well prepared, I would say. New York is just has a very full game at the moment. And and to their style of defense all season, they're they're very Passive. They want to, you know, bait you in, keep everything even. If you use an ability, we'll use an ability. You know, try to keep everything even, and then beat them in terms of teamwork and mechanical skill. It's it's very uh, very proud New York, I would say. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the way Mecco plays Sigma is almost like role playing the character. Where he's like very scientific and like listening to the music, and it's like a beautiful dance. Where Gator is more like. Fat Tony, like you know, but blue collar worker just going to town, takes his hard hat, like his lunchbox, and just goes to work on people. Very and, American versus, yes, like the, yes. The, the the peaceful extracting Korean culture versus just the rock and roll mm-hmm. Elvis <gasps> type stuff going on. I get it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So. Do we see then, I think, well, we haven't talked about the Spark. The Spark did beat the Dynasty 4-1 after losing to yeah. the Gladiators 4-3. Going up against the Reign uh, for match number one. Is this uh, is this one I that think, the Spark can win out? I think this is interesting. If you look a little bit closer, I, I, I will say, I know this sounds ridiculous because... I don't go. think the Spark are that great. I love I think they're this, this is my favorite, <laughs> I think they're very one-dimensional. If you look at the replay viewer, which you should be using, kids. We've been asking for this. If you're not watching the replay viewer, yeah. you're effing up, okay? I'll yeah. bleep myself. I'm I'm that self-aware. <laughs> so <laughs> the Spark are very all in on their halts. Gush is very good at taking space without shield, which is very interesting. If you watch Arisa specifically, he is very uh, frugal. Hopefully that's the right word. Doesn't place down shield very early into a fight. A lot of teams are just like, okay, you put it on a shield. I'm going to put down a shield. Now we're just going to sit here and bang, right? Gusha will literally just walk himself forward. Very glad style, very aggressive main tank focused. Throw down his shield very late. That kind of forces fortify early, whatever. You can kind of get punched. 
Um, Spark is very interested in all landing on their halts with Godsby on like permanent flanks. He'll either TP into your team, bait out ultimates, and then kind of like laugh his way out as he cloaks himself back into his team. Or he'll just be on a flank. The halt comes out. Bazzy goes in. Godsby comes in. Spark ints forward. And they just go ham. If Atlanta, and I believe Atlanta can stop this, they're very one-dimensional, I would say, they should be able to stop this. This is either going to be Atlanta not being able to adapt to this one play style that they have, or completely overriding them, download complete, 4-0. It's, it's one way or the other. I don't think this is going to be close. I think we will have a definitive winner in this match. But it's kind of, it kind of comes down to Spark. Well, I guess in that sense, it kind of comes down to Rain. If Rain can adapt, Spark will lose pretty handedly. So basically what you're saying is, who, who, how do you think this is going to go? And you said yes. Yes. One way or the other. There's not going to be a gray area. It's not going to be a 4-3. Oh, it's going to be like 4-0 or 4-0. I didn't know you were cosplaying as Genji for this episode. Deflect. 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 I think I qualified that's, there very well. That's, deflect, deflect. That that's the Lord's brand, if we're being honest. <laughs> like th th this kid is like it's honestly okay, let me reveal the Lord's bias to the viewers, right? Oh my god, here because it goes. you China, still, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's not about China, my dude. You oh, are still you're still in the game of our pellets, my dude. You still cannot let go of Picking pretty much all of X6 up and then oh. being <laughs> couched out of that competition. That, that did this not man even... loves his Godspeed. This this washed player. That... I've been very critical of him all season sure. long. His Zarya sure, was poop. Mate. Sure, mate. His his Reaper uh, not not great, but they have an interesting way of using him. In a, in a very uh, baity sense. He, he's kind of this tricksy demon that just goes in and just baits out a rock or a halt. And he just laughs his way back. And then Bazzy gets to do what he wants. Bazzy, mechanically, I don't think is very good. I think he had a great game versus Soul, but that Soul splitting up, allowing themselves to get halted, right? They, they did not. This is not the Soul that showed up in plays. This is not the Soul that played Vancouver relatively close. That was a completely different team that was like, nervous almost i would say i don't see the spark doing well if i had to pick one direction to to get off this deflecting thing i think atlanta is going to dominate them see see how that works chat as soon as you put uh, you point out the lord's biases against him jesus christ uh, <laughs> all right Jessica, what, do, what do you think about this one then yeah what do you I got? Mean, <laughs> you watch any the rain, dude? Definitely the rain. Why? Like, okay, so for Popo? one, no, he's <laughs> okay. Why? That is actually that. Uh, did we talk about how Potpo is an Orisa bot? Basically, I think he's quite bad. <laughs> yeah. So this guy just like feeds the homeless with his horse. Like, it's <laughs> it's pretty just, bad. They're they're completely empty, and it's so sad to see. Like, uh, they're just fighting at a disadvantage. Um, yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah. So that definitely is part of it. Definitely. Then again, we have to go to Gator. See yes. how I did that? How I set yeah. that up like 10 minutes ago? Um, I think in general, a team that can, that can win against the Shock, even in that current state, even very close, yeah. 
yeah. still convinces me more to be able to um to uh, perform deeper into the playoffs. Uh, they would be my dark horse, dude. I think I think that's a great. I think I think it was Malik that said it that Atlanta feel very much like a Philadelphia of this season. I think he was spot on, right on the head. Like this is a team that could make a deep run. I thought it was going to be Seoul just from how they looked in play-ins and even how they looked in quarterfinals. I thought they were going to make a deep run. No, I think it's going to be... <laughs> I think it's going to be the rain. Someone in chat said Spark have a hit skin play on Doom. That is factually wrong. They have a flex support play on Doom. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Still should be going back to flex support. <laughs> Uh, I now have a copy pasta. Yes, well done. Like See, this it. is why you have to show up. You have to be in chat to understand all the, the copy pastas. Yeah. That's right. You got to show up. Mm. I'm not going to reveal it, but thank you, chat. So that's match number one. Match number two is in Gladiators versus Shock in the losers bracket. Is Again, this, is this the match where uh, Shock go home and their season early? No. No. I don't think it's guaranteed either way. I don't think this is just like, oh, Shocker just going to come out and just learn how to play the meta in a week because you can still say the same thing about Gladiators who have shown some uh, some tendencies that were ahead of the curve, I would say. They're very aggressive with their front line. They will forcibly take space. Um, they play a lot around Surefor. The only times it seems like hydration can find value is if this if there's a halt involved he seems very uncomfortable in this meta i don't see him doing a whole lot that could be because they're not putting a lot of resources into him and allowing sure for to take these wide angles but they have they have a they have a gear change though they can play this front bust style where they have sure for close they bust through the front line once resources are used It'll be interesting to see how this this game adapts within itself. I think relatively strongly of shock that they have the best coach, in my opinion. They have a very deep bench. They have some of the greatest minds in the game supporting them. They should be able to figure a lot of this stuff out even on the fly. I do think this is going to be shock, but I think this is going to be a little bit closer than people expect. I'd say 4-2. 4-2 shock. All right. Giska, what are your thoughts? So... <clears throat> Honestly, I was very positively surprised how strong Gladiators actually looked yep. in the playoffs. Um, I wrote an article this this year uh, of like Shofor, um how he was very defensive or what people said about him. And in that article, I also pointed out that Shofor wasn't the star player that um, the Gladiators should be building around. And that that hadn't been true uh, for a long time ever since Fisher joined. I honestly think that actually changed in stage four. I think he's now the superstar of that team. Not only does he dictate a lot of their pacing, yep. like the way. So I was pretty much on Shuffle Camp for the entire Titans thing. Th that is also the thing that kind of worries me for them. Um, because Titans towards the end of the series figured out what Shofar was doing, especially on Reaper, um, which was basically to assess the situation, set up a flank, dude, some of his flanks. They're this deep. Guy, he's, he is... There's something wrong with him in the sense that I don't know if he comes during that time, but he just stands there in a corner in a, in a 
in an angle that nobody would expect in that specific moment. He keeps his cool, but the worst part of it about him is, you know, everyone like sways their their aim or whatnot. He's almost CSGO pre-aiming these angles. And then like he just pops out. And then if when the fight is going on, he will like dabble a little bit on the flanks and then teleport deep into the support line or into the back line and pick off either supports or the opposing Doom. And then only late in the series, uh, Vancouver figured out that they should probably have um Hoxal or Somansu on uh, on the backline defense duty, then it became a, a problem. That's my That's problem it. with gladiators. They only have one weapon. It's just Surefor. If Surefor can't find value, you think Hydration's going to find value? Where has he been in these last two matches? Pretty absent. Not the best play. And when he does find value, it's because people are setting him up, which is fine. I, I'm not saying that that's a problem, but when they're taking like default or, or very neutral fights, I would say it's off of the back of Surefor making these plays. I uh, am going to give Gladiators some free content here and say that I want to see an episode of On the Flank where Surefor just like hides in like these seemingly obvious spots where their teammates will just like go right by them and then he just jumps out and scares them. <laughs> yeah. Just Yeah. I would I would I you would, would be expert at that too. Like. I would shake that and be like, here how does you know how does Sherford take all these crazy angles? How do you train for this? He goes, here's how. <laughs> just be like Yeah. You know, you've got yeah. one of the guys like brushing their teeth in the morning, he just like pops through the mirror. It's like boom. It'd be good. I'd like that a lot. All right. Yeah. The the next thing though, what I expect. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I did cut him off. I did cut him off. They, and I, they, and I cut everybody off. <laughs> no problem. Just want to bring this out. I yeah, think yeah. the fact that Titans figured them out towards the end of the series is actually good in the regards that I fully trust. And we've seen this actually to be the case. Uh, the gladiator staff to have um, innovative uh, strategies that plays around that very fact. And it's a, a bit of time now to prepare. And I, I, I wonder if they would really do the same stuff again um, after it already was proven to not be that effective against the Titans. I think they will switch it up. Like, I think um, there's a good possibility that happened for sure. Yeah, so... I, I think it what do you think that looks like, though? Let, let's let's postulate. What do you think gladiators do? We've seen Surefor playing close, playing tank bust. We've seen Surefor against Titans playing super flank, you know, almost God's B-esque where he teleports in, baits out, you know, abilities, you know, stays for a little bit, backs out when he's pressured. Where do you think gladiators can can make a change? Do they allow hydration to be able to play uh, on an off angle? I think. If I read them right, it wouldn't wouldn't even be a tactical difference. It would actually be one of comps. I think they're going to uh, mm. switch it up a little bit. Bring a bit. Maybe they're just bringing in more Bastion with better setups than other teams, where to teleport to or something like that. Maybe they bring in something completely different. That is also a possibility. Um, yeah, I, I think if I had to guess, I think they're going to be way more creative. Hmm. But maybe, maybe I, 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 I definitely see what you're saying. I'm trying to think. I think hydration when he did find value against Titans, it was on the Farah, a la on Rialto, right? 
Mm-hmm. Granted, I think the play everybody thinks of is the around the back, like 5K barrage as Titans are setting up on point A, right? Like, I think Titans just had a blind spot. I think they're going to, you know, make up for that in the future. Maybe they put him on the Farah. Maybe they lean a little bit more on that Farah because, again, his Doomfist has been uncomfortable to say the least not a lot of value and when they do it's off of the halts it's off of rocks or it's just people out of position he hasn't been able to find you know a hoxall just you know run in they don't have like much of a plan for him so he just kind of like sits there on ankles threatens a little bit doesn't doesn't seem to be the focal point where sure for is like it's all in on sure for so if you can change that up Put sure for close to the team, allow hydration to play a little bit more loose, have that star player potential on the far that he has basically throughout his entire career. It's going to throw a shock for a loop and they're going to have to adapt. But this is also the shock that are, you know, one of the two teams that we can always trust to adapt to things. So I think this is a hard ask for gladiators. But again, not not set in stone, I would say. I will say this, the gladiators, especially on the maps that they won. They won against the yes, Titans. Yes. They they won. It wasn't like ooh, like technicality. Ooh, mm-hmm. one stun in the wrong spot in C nine, and no, they won, and they were relatively decisive in winning those match maps. So, I, I agree. I I I can't imagine a world where I pick gladiators over shock, but mm-hmm. you know, gladiators can look decisive even against the best team in Overwatch right now. So to wrap this up, I want to give some credit and I I hope chat can correct me on who this was on the desk that said this. It might have. I think it might actually was Brent or maybe it was Monty. I don't know. They said that gladiators into Titans, if gladiators can take a very dominant lead early, they'll win the series. And I think that's very true with shock. If they can get out early to a big advantage, force them to panic, try to adapt, you know, drastically on the fly, they're going to win. If the series goes long and the shock have time to uh, absorb as much information as they can through, you know, just playing against the same team over and over and over, the shock's going to take a long series. Gladiators have to do this quickly if they want any kind of success. Fair enough. Last, uh, the last match of the one. Well, it's not the last match. It's the last match that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Where we know the participants is uh, the Vancouver Titans versus NYXL. I haven't even, I I probably should have checked this. Have the Titans played NYXL before? Yes. I think their regular season game was stage four at uh, Atlanta. No, yeah, at the Valiant homestand. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they played twice. So yeah, Valiant homestand. uh, It might've been preseason. I just like did did a search. So we'll see. So they beat NYXL three to two. Hmm. And then it was May 11th, stage two playoffs, semifinals. They won four to one. Okay. It's been so long. Keep, Hard to remember, guys. It's been a while. Keep, keep in mind, three to two sounds pretty close. At the same time, can we, can we please, please dispel the idea that Repel was oh, like yeah, just like played and Twilight was benched. Come on, dude. They're just trying to get some playtime on uh, on their, all of their players while they're already locked into the first place. How do you... Th- I, that, that's not something I made up as actually in a comment that I, I saw uh, people make and also being upvoted that 
for some reason, Rappel is now benching Twilight. That definitely was never the case, my dudes. Well, so, I, I mean, that's very obvious now. Twilight's playing. Where's Rappel? Yeah. Even he, though, he like, Rappel, he got his Rappel is known for his Moira. Like, yeah, that's all exactly. he played in, in uh, a significant part of Element Mystic, right? Sure. So... We agree. Do we all agree on San Francisco beating Gladiators? Yes. Do we all? So San Francisco plays either Hangzhou or Rain. Um, do they lose to either of those teams? I think the run back would be interesting. It'd be hard to say. I still think Shock beats them. A second I time, I think they... Shock beats them. Yeah. 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 So that puts us at a San Francisco versus NYXL loser final. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I really need to look at this more, but yeah, I guess I would have to say Titans, but it is, that's a toughie. That is a toughie. That is like the two different schools or trains of thought in this metagame. New York is all about the Bastion. They're all in on the Bastion. They can play the standard stuff pretty well, I'd say. They don't have like a style, but they're very good at just copying what you're doing and just keeping it neutral at every point, um, which is something they've been historically very known to do. Um, and Titans are all about the Doomfist Reaper. That's their style. That's what they that's what they're playing majority of the time. Um, but they've also shown a, a tendency to be able to play the Bastion stuff and, and have a good idea on how to beat it, which, yeah, I guess it would lead me to Titans taking that. I don't know how close or I, I can just say that I think Titans is going to win. I don't know how map score. And keep in mind, this is something that was brought up. I was going to bring up before, um, but I was just reminded in chat. Um, the, the, the four teams in the losers bracket are going to have to play three games over two days. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there, it's not going to be an easy road. It's going to be tough to, to prepare. Um, I think especially, I think the heart, the, whoever, it, Shock is going to have the hardest time to prepare, I think. Um, because they don't know if they're going to be going against Spark or Rain. I don't even know if they can really yep. prepare. Uh, they are already, the advantage they have is they've already played Rain. Yep. So I think it almost works in their advantage. In or, a or I way, guess it, maybe it's way. not. It doesn't necessarily give them the advantage, but because I, I still think they would probably beat Spark more than they would be by more than they would be Rain. No, I would agree. Just on a, on a base level, just, I yeah, just eyeballing it. Just how from the teams have been playing. Yeah. yeah. But that said, like that's that's predicating it on like how the Spark have played so far. What if they just like explode against Atlanta and show all kinds of different stuff? Because that's been my criticism of them is that they're just one dimensional. They just go forward. They don't know how to play counterpunch. They don't, they don't, you know, uh, they're, they're very set in their ways. They have like a very rigid game plan. And if they can't set up gods being a weird angle or, you know, Bazzi doesn't find uh, combinations with Gusha, like, they really don't do much of anything. Go back and watch their like Eichenwald A defense. They just kind of get ran on and die like without much of a fight. So if they don't have this big long preparation or they can't find like a mistake to punish. Yeah, I would agree. They get rolled over by shock. But what happens if they beat Atlanta and they show all that crazy stuff? You know, 
probably not going to happen, but who knows? Fair. Well, regardless, we will have a very exciting week of Overwatch. It yes. almost makes me wish that we could have a more fleshed out stage playoff that would even mimic a shorter version of this double elimination bracket because this is really exciting. Every mm. single game is has been really fun to watch. I don't necessarily mm. know a first to four is it can feel a little bit long. Like I don't know if you want to maybe yeah. like change it to like first to three and then grand finals do first, first to, to four. four for stage or something like that. But I would love to see more for stage playoffs, especially because when you have metas changing between stages, again, I know I'll, I've said it a million times. Uh, we need to make those more meaningful. If you're going to make the changes that drastic, you need to make winning and that current meta more meaningful. So, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know how they do that. I don't know if they do it with like a mid-season playoff type thing, and they kind of. I could. I could do that reduce, for sure. I could reduce stages, or um, you well, know, I mean, you don't do season. a stage two playoff, and you don't do a stage four playoff, and so you have one and three. Just one big tournament, and then the regular uh, playoffs, or maybe you don't even do that at all. You just go, hey, you won this stage. Here's two hundred thousand dollars, and then you go to the and a guaranteed invite into the mid-season stage playoffs. Um. Or the mid-season playoffs. Don't like, hate there, that. I don't know. There, there could be some cool ways. I think that they could kind of get over. There's, there's definitely been, in my opinion, too many weeks with matches I don't care about, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's multiple weeks in a row where there's like maybe one or two good matches, and that's. I think part of that's inevitable. Yes. But there can be. There's a lot that can be done to make it. Um, to, to to sprinkle in more like this because it kind of sucks that basically we get like three weeks of just super intense awesome Overwatch and twenty weeks of like eh, maybe sprinkling but that, in I think that's there. only gonna get worse and they have and to your point they're going to have to find another way to draw a spectacle to get people's attention. And I think, like you said, a mid-season big event, much like how, you know, League of Legends does theirs, like this mid-split. Okay, we're going to have a, a battle. Who's going to who's who's the best right now? I think that would do fantastic because we are getting we're not getting any more stage playoffs. So they're going to have to do something. And because we're traveling next season, it's going to be even worse because you can't even be we might have a fantastic match in China that we're just not not feasibly able to stay up for or watch. We're going to have to catch the VODs. And the one that is going to be within our time zone might just be like Houston versus Boston times five, right? Like, it's not going to be super interesting. So it's only going to get Houston worse. And Boston. You are only the go-to hey, listen, sleep match. <laughs> listen, listen. You're at the bottom of the standings. I, not much I can say now, guys. Sorry. Not much I can sugarcoat. I you lost. Love. Okay, sorry. That's that's just how it is. Oh, just I just love ragging on boston fans just wait i mean okay you, don't don't hide florida you can come out too you're pretty poop as well one of you three just put wow. them together oh joe woken I'm up i'm just i'm just i'm just i'm wait exactly joe's not my awake co- but he's woke my coffee my coffee is empty i'm here now florida you bad boston <laughs> florida probably not a great match i'm just saying i might take a nap Get <laughs> too? toronto as well and justice oh there you go I mean, okay, Justice next season might be good. They've started early. I'm willing to give them some benefit of the doubt. I mean, they, they're, they're already, probably they're already rebuilding. Come on, exactly. They might not be 
horrible. I don't know how good they're going to be, but I'm willing I mean, to give them. I like a how nod. you're just you're doing alienating yeah. Same all of our guests on the show. Like no, minerals is going to be pissed. Baroy is pissed. Now we have to kick you off the show. Ah, darn, I'm a prior. Shoot. Who knows? You would go from like a <laughs> vent sitting to from a walking Genji deflect <laughs> to just like I don't know. I, I'm interested. I am to to your point. I am interested to see what Meryl does with Boston, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, we, there's one more um thing, and this was a question from Vermilion last week that we didn't get to answer, and I'll throw this one to you, Joe. Thoughts on Sigma as main tank versus off tank? I th- I think I might have touched on this towards the post show, but to kind of reiterate what I had said, I think that if there was a slight optimization, I think majority of teams are just going to put who they who does the best on the hero. But I think there is a slight optimization by putting somebody who's very familiar with main tank on Sigma because he is so pivotal to space control. Main tanks have that inherently baked within their kit that they've been playing for so long. I think that there's no uh, surprise why Gator's doing so well. I think there's no surprise that Marvel was doing so good. I think Gesture was all right. Um, I, I think that's a slight optimization that if you have a very good main tank who's also good at Sigma, I think you're you're really aiming for success. But if you have a flex tank that's also very good at it and just kind of naturally understands what to do, then that's good too. I, I think it might just be like a, a slight bias for me towards main tanks that I think that they could probably succeed a little bit more. But uh, generally, it, I don't think it'll matter too terribly much. Fair enough. Um, Yiska, your thoughts? I mean, the the I agree with the rule of thumb. I think you just need to that that rule of thumb is probably just not overly useful because it's so highly contextual 100%. to the player you have, right? Like it's definitely something where you, the coach goes, "Okay, let's start deciding who the player is." Eighty percent of the time, it's my uh, it should be my off tank. So let's assume I should give it to my oh, sorry my main tank let's assume i should give it to my main tank i don't think uh that will lead to the best outcomes we have mm-hmm. also some pretty good examples where uh, yeah no, Sigma I agree. well on the off tanks i think void does a pretty good job mecco um i was actually surprised how much um void improved between the games um it's um yeah i think as a rule of thumb i agree with your tendency I just think the the contextual is the deciding factor. Fair enough. I think that's all fair. That's all fair and dandy. Yeah. I think we might might be done. I think that's the end, boys and yeah. girls. It goes super long. Hour no. twenty. Did all right. We'll Not wrap terrible. it up by an hour thirty. Uh, big thanks to everybody who showed up for the live show. Just under a hundred of you here. You're all beautiful and awesome. And uh, Ice Ham Jello, thank you for the 10 gifted subs, by the way, during the show. Amazing. You get a round of applause right there. So, really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, yeah, we do have. So we don't have any new patrons this week, but if you do like the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. You can sign up there. There's lots of great perks that you can sign up for. 
Uh, it's a great way to support the show. Also, another excellent way to support the show is September. It's September for Twitch. So uh, half price subs, half price. I believe it's half price tier one subs. So you can it, it correct me if I'm wrong. But if you choose to resub next month on a September sub, isn't it also half off? I believe it. I believe you're right. So you get double the value for half the price. Exactly. What a deal. Cheapy cheap. What a deal. Uh, also, new five star iTunes reviews. I um, didn't we post quite a few. Yeah. yeah, I didn't post them, but we've got three. Do you have the little screenshot I sent, Joe? I could find it. Find Hold it. On. We'll let you do the thing. Here we go. Uh, this review is long overdue. The Tactical Crouch podcast is a fantastic show. Kick Tripod, Yiska, and myself do a wonderful job walking through the week to week in the Overwatch League. I love that they don't always share each other's opinions, which I think this show uh, did did quite well. I think uh, we had a little bit of a banter, but uh, we explain uh, their points as view as well and help educate the audience uh, enough to form their. I think it's I'm, I'm going to assume. Yeah, probably. We, but I didn't know you were going to read the whoever whole thing. left that. It's uh, down I, below. I, I just went for Newbie, thank Newbie you. from the United States. Newbie, the so you dabs. can actually see right Heathen? right below there. Yeah, you I see, see that. that now. All right, Heathen sixty two. The next one. Yep. Yeah. Do you want me to read it? No. no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, the yeah. devs underscore. Thank you for dropping the the uh, five star review and and you know giving sharing some love and uh, Heathen sixty two as well. Thank you for uh, talking about our big points from Canada and then Great Britain. Oh, that's, that's pretty true. Dope. That's yeah. true. We're global. Snakes. We get them globally. Global. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's do some shout outs for the week and where people can find you, Yiska. Anything cool coming up? Um, I, again, I'm currently more on a on a vacation type. I might start actually doing thinking it over as uh, video content again this week. I, I, honestly, it's probably going to coincide whenever i get the mini um seems like a good good start to it again and then um yeah otherwise just follow me on twitter i haven't been very active in there i'm just um enjoying the playoffs really at the moment maybe we'll do some viewership parties for the remaining games we'll see yeah that'd be fun uh joe what about you shout outs for the week where people find you I was going to make a video talking about how New York is interesting, but on further review, a uh, little less interesting than I had previously uh, thought I saw. Uh, but you can always find me on the socials at Volumo pretty much everywhere. Um, playing a little bit of Classic WoW. Sooner or later, I'm going to stream. I don't know if anybody's going to show up, but I'll probably stream and just hang out and talk about Owl while I go mine and stuff. Um, almost done with the big project. But then I have to send it to an editor and we'll see what happens with that. Um, but again, stay on the lookout for another big one. So how yeah. how big is it? How many? Uh, it's another it's another Twilight. It's another Twilight. OK. It's like right now, oh, I think it's interview. about 5K. Yeah. yeah. Well, interview feature, big, just big piece. Just sweet. Keep on the lookout. It'll be here soon enough. Are All you right. getting art? Maybe, maybe, maybe mm. we'll see. Ooh. Um, cool. Well, as for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. It's all there. So definitely 
Uh, check that all out. Nothing too big planned this week. Uh, no other content outside of uh, Tactical Crouch. So, yeah, that's going to be it. Make sure to follow us everywhere at Tactical Crouch. Uh, Patreon.com slash Tactical Crouch. Twitter. Um, and, yeah, just search for it on all your favorite podcast apps and things like that. If you want to support the show, Patreon.com slash Tactical Crouch. Or subscribe at Twitch.tv slash Kick Tripod. We really do appreciate it. I can't wait. I think they sent out the... Uh, thing this week to you yiska i think they sent they send it either today or tomorrow so nice and same for you joe so we have to figure out hey, what well, mike what we're gonna do i know you yeah for you there. we'll have to figure it out we'll figure, we'll figure it out one way or another uh but yeah so um that's it we'll see you guys next time bye <laughs>